This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to the Immigration Hour here on America's Web Radio. This is your host, Rocky Rockliffe. Co-host uh, Charles Chuck Cook will be down in a few, joining us uh, a little late. No worries. Uh, got a lot to talk about this week, David. Uh, not a lot happening in immigration, but I have a lot of commentary for uh, for why that is, and we can spread blame all over the board. I know you're. Uh, I know you like to put a little more blame on the left side of the aisle than the uh, than the right side of the aisle. Uh, there's there's plenty to go around though on this one. I hate to say this, but there is no aisle. You're right. Thank you for the truth. Finally, the truth. There is no aisle. They're all in it for themselves. And the thing that just kills me about this immigration debate is it's a it is a victory out there that if one of these if they just seize it, Republicans or Democrats, I mean it's just take it and run with it. It is a win-win proposition for you if you back some type of sensible, comprehensive immigration reform because it, we already have a de facto amnesty. I mean, Marco Rubio said it, folks. We've got a de facto amnesty because we're not doing anything about this, I hate to say it, problem, but this issue in our country. I mean, people are here. They're not leaving, okay, despite the fact that you know Obama has uh, – Deported more than two million people at this point, more than uh, President Clinton, and uh, more than George uh, will have done more than George Bush by the end of his term. Um, and, and the funny thing is, is uh, as I was looking up uh, news today, for, uh, there he is! Oh my gosh, here he is to save the day, folks! <laughs> it's just very ten o'clock. No, I watch it slow. I want to apologize. Slow. You need to get your watch, my watch squared away. Slow. Oh my goodness! I don't have gum. I had a toffee from Peru, and the, the, my throat was hurting a little this morning as I was recording some commercials. So uh, watch for our commercials on Univision, David. Univision. I know you'll, you'll, now that you're fluent in Spanish from all your time in Texas speaking yes. to your workers, that you'll be yes. able to. Uh, we never spoke Spanish in Texas. It was Tex-Mex. Texican. I bet Texican. David. And some of the words can't be exactly <laughs> translated, translated or repeated on. Either. I bet David's like a closet fluent Spanish speaker. I bet you eat at, at home. Eat everything you know, is. I'm, yeah. I'm like, ah, like <laughs> I can understand more than I can speak. Yeah. And, and I don't understand a lot. My, both of my sons are fluent in, in Mexican. Mexican. <laughs> because they because they work at a Mexican restaurant. Well, then and they know how to order tacos and stuff. Well, they, uh, you know, and they, uh, they, oh, no, they're, very, they're very, both of them are very good in Spanish. Very critical skill. Uh, oh, it's it's been a great week, you know. The, just the garden two, update. Two garden, oh, yeah. The garden minute. update. You just have the, garden have the garden minute here. Um, you went crazy on that thing this weekend. I did. My foot hurts a little bit still. We, uh, <laughs> we had, I, um, I don't know. I lost some fruit trees uh, this last year in, in, in the winter that we had because it was just so cold. So I replanted um, six apple trees and uh, two cherry trees and some blueberry bushes on Saturday. You know, the nice thing about being an immigration attorney, you're the definition of what the South used to be like with the plantations. Uh, this is, this <laughs> I think is he's about Cook to call plans. you a plantation <laughs> owner. <laughs> I dug the holes. How many undocumented people are working on your None. plantation? <laughs> 
I've been plantation <laughs> owner yeah. Charles Cook, and then, folks. You, know, you see anybody else in my night, pictures? Smoke <laughs> coming from these little cabins on his plantation. <laughs> I'm gonna vouch for him. He's. I've been out to his house, and I mean, he he does it all. He does it all. He, there's there's he nobody whips, out there. He, beats, <laughs> he, whips, he whips chains and handcuffs. That's terrible. You know that? This is terrible. No, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to vouch for him. He, he does it all by himself. He has got a spread out there. And like we always say, I don't have, I don't have the time. How do you have the time? I mean, it carries since, around this. I didn't golf on Saturday. Golf I'd be documented. Yeah. I'd be documented. <laughs> No, I, I definitely don't need the help. Uh, That's a new segment coming to the show. Uh, once I've been we this, no, no, no. Modern Plant, day racism Plant, in the South. Plantation owner Charles Cook. Yeah. Gardening with plantation Gardening. owner Charles Cook. It's a garden. So I got the trees in. The plum trees were blossoming like crazy. Here's the difference. This year, full of bees. There were bees all around the plum tree. There was no, no bees last year. Don't worry about it. The government's taking care of it. Oh, the, the government's behind the death of well, the bees? Gotta, uh, no, yeah, with the chemtrails. They'll be... The chemtrails. Uh, get ah, Dying off. It's the chemtrails. Uh, All right. Hey, I need to go. I left my tinfoil hat upstairs. Are <laughs> <laughs> you grabbing mine, too? It's a little... With your lead cast case. Lead cast case. It's in my Faraday cage up top. We do have pictures of you in your sombrero. Yeah, but that's mostly just the hat that I picked up in Peru. Um, hat but I did. I wrote the garden's now tilled. Right. I'm going to till it one more time, get some fertilizer in. But the tomato, I'm having a little problem with my tomato plants in the house. I haven't had time to transplant the ones I planted by seed almost eight weeks ago. Mm. So they're still in their little pots. Half of them are having little pots. The ones I transplanted, the big pots, they're about a foot tall. you got to get those guys in the ground. But I can't. You can't put them in the ground until all danger of frost is gone. And that's not till April 10th or so. Yeah, April tenth, April eleventh. You know, mm-hmm. with uh, Easter being so late, it's uh, you know, it, the whole. I've never seen a season like this, and I this didn't is, work. Isn't my, weird, isn't it? Under Doctor Orders, I I did not work in my garden this this yeah. past. It is weird. And you had a little doctor procedure last week. Everything good? You're you're healthy and strong, and I'm still here. You at least lived through the end of still your lease, here, right? Still taking it. Lost uh, <laughs> lost a bunch of weight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be good. It, uh, anyway, that's the garden update, uh, David. I'm looking forward to uh, this next Saturday. I'm going to put the radishes and the lettuce in. And uh, personally, what I'm looking for is going. the uh, sharing. Just like on social media sharing, sharing. I think we should have the Chuck Cook sharing plan. All you got to do is come upstairs when I bring in the bucket. <laughs> he of does. Tomato he stuff. is good. He brings in a lot of that stuff. I, I, somehow, I never get the memo. Yeah, it's just you, you pop up, David. You come in. We, we have an open door policy. Yeah, Fridays, yeah, no, no appointments on Friday now. So just just come on in. Yeah, and I'm here Saturdays. You can come on up. There'll be some left over. I, you're here with the alarm going off. Uh, that was hilarious. <laughs> We're not even going to get started on that. In, one. in any event, there, there has been interesting stuff in immigration this week. Um, uh, David, the President David voted for it. Uh, president Obama. <laughs> David's president. David's president. Yeah. David's president uh, is. Uh, he announced this last week, David, you're going to like this, that they're going to re-examine the deportation process mm-hmm. to see if they can make it more humane. Right. Let's, 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 I'm going to George Costanza Seinfeld. Let's back up on that. When were do- deportations humane and how more humane? How can you make something that's inhumane? Hey, welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Today, you may notice if you're downloading this, we're just a little bit short, David. Just a, just a little bit. Um, and I would love to say it was because I was in my garden. But there is no garden yet because it's, it's going to freeze again tonight. I, what is it, March 25th today? And it's going to freeze again tonight? 
Uh, I am glad I didn't put my tomatoes out, but I did transplant all of them, David, on Saturday. Uh, looks like if they all live, looks around like 400 or so, I think. So we'll see if they all live. You know how that, that first transplant to the bigger pots is always that, that delicate stage. Once they're big, you know, you can't kill a tomato plant. It's like a weed. But uh, uh, beyond that, we're in good shape. In fact, today, David, it's the day I will design my garden for the year. So this is, I brought my last four years of designs because, of course, as you know, you cannot plant something in the same place in a garden two years in a row because it won't grow as well. So uh, I don't know if you know this, David, but uh, Rocky's not here today. I feel terrible. Rocky, uh, uh, I think Rocky's in court uh, enjoying himself. Rocky loves to go to court. Uh, maybe he's even listening to this for all I know. But uh, uh, he's in court today, and with any luck, we'll be here uh, during the show, be able to walk on in. Uh you know, the immigration world um, is very interesting this week uh, because we are in – we've really – now that the Georgia State Legislature, Legislative Session has ended, uh, silly season has started here in Georgia and around the country because it's primary time everywhere. What's interesting is that immigration has is really not an issue on any of these primary campaigns anywhere that I've seen anywhere in the country. You go back uh, – so you have to wonder what happened between now – and 2012, and 2010, and 2008, when immigration was all the rage as part of uh, the campaign. Well, uh, it, well, these primary campaigns, particularly in the GOP primaries, although in some Democratic primaries as well, certainly in general elections, uh, the difference, I think, is pretty simple. Uh, the GOP simply believes that if they can ignore the issue and not bring it up, uh, that will not stir people to come out and vote for what they perceive to be Democratic voters. So by leaving the issue alone, they increase their percentage chance of winnings by decreasing the number of people motivated to vote for an opponent, unless they're, of course, pro-immigration themselves, and there's not many members of the GOP, certainly in primaries, uh, that are very immigrant-friendly. Uh, uh, I'm starting to speak David. I spoke Spanish. Here in Georgia, I'm really spending too much time in church. Uh, here in Georgia, we have a Democratic, prim- a Republican primary coming up, and a Democratic primary, uh, both for governor and for senator. Uh, our uh, Georgia is considered a swing state right now in the Democratic primary. Yesterday, um, Nate Silver. Do you know who Nate Silver is, David? Uh, you ever heard of the, the blog 538.com? Spelled out 538.com. Uh, a guy named Nate Silver. Uh, writes this blog. He had been working for the New York Times. He was on a three-year deal with the New York Times, and he quit. And so he had a six-month non-compete. Now he's actually works for uh, ESPN. But his uh, 538 blog yesterday predicted basically a massive landslide victory for the GOP in November. Why is this troubling to Democrats? Nate Silver isn't wrong very often. Uh, he, he really put together a very interesting statistical analysis looking at the polls, uh, the voter turnout, and uh, basically said the unless there's some dramatic event between now and November, the Republicans will control the Senate unless something dramatic happens. Uh, except in Georgia. He said, oddly enough, because of the nature of the candidates running in the primaries, uh, there is uh, a really good chance, I mean, certainly better than most, I mean, like the 30% chance that Michelle Nunn could win in a state that's been pretty typically reliably Republican over the last uh, bunch of years. And uh, obviously Michelle Nunn's stance on immigration is important to me, and 
Uh, it happens to be good for me. I like her stance on immigration. But she's very much a moderate Democrat. You remember her dad? I mean, Sam Nunn. He didn't like her dad, but I liked her dad. He was a moderate kind of guy. I'm a big moderate guy. You know, I like moderates. I'm not really much on the fence on either side. And uh, So I think she'd be an effective senator. What's interesting is, have you seen a commercial from her? Have you heard anything about her? So I think, I think she's making a real strategic error by not taking advantage of – because she's going to win her primary. There's some people running, but she's got – you know, she's already going to win. Uh, why isn't she being more aggressive on the airways when she could be getting her message out and her name out before there's any competition? Because you probably haven't really even seen any Republican ads, have you, for the Senate? Have you seen any Republican ads for the Senate? Yeah. You seen the diaper ad? Yeah. I think that's a great ad. Yeah. That's a great ad. Uh, David Perdue, who's the, who's the only actual non-politician in the race. The other, I think, five candidates are all politicians of some sort, either currently elected or previously elected officials. And I think he's, frankly, a breath of fresh air in there. Uh, he um, is capable of self-funding his campaign. Uh, and uh, I'm going to try to get to an event um, on Thursday night if I'm in town. Uh, to, uh, to meet him for the first time and see where he stands. I think he's a pretty moderate guy. He used to be the president of uh, Reebok. And, bef- and after that, or before that, before or after, he was Family Dollar. I think it was Family Dollar. Yeah. One of, or Dollar Stores. Dollar, or one, Lotter, of, one, dollar, of dollar, one of those dollar store places. He was a CEO. He was a very successful CEO. He happens to be the former governor's cousin. I think it's first cousin, maybe second cousin, David, uh, Sonny Purdue. Doesn't look anything like him, so it must be a long-distance family relationship. But uh, if he wins the primary, and he in the most recent polls, he's ahead. He's at 29%, and Kingston, who's the next closest, is at 18. Or maybe it's Brown is at 18, and Kingston's at 17, one of the two. But it's interesting how evenly divided that primary is. And, of course, I haven't seen anybody else's ads. I haven't seen a Kingston ad, and I certainly haven't seen a Paul Brown ad. Um, I think if one of those guys really had some huevos, they would put a, uh, a Darwin ad up against Brown. <laughs> Vote for Darwin. Um, but on the immigration side, it's just not an issue. What's changed? I mean, we have the same number or more undocumented immigrants in Georgia. Why is it no longer an issue in politics? And what's, what's changed? One, the economy is better. Not perfect, but it's better. So you don't have the idea of blaming immigrants. There's houses being built. There's, there's factories reopening. There's jobs being had, although unemployment's still too high. Uh, but at the same time, it's just not that visceral issue anymore, uh, which was evident in this last legislative session, which we'll talk about in a second. It just ended. Uh, let's come back here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. 
This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Web Radio, David. Uh, I don't know if you know, but the Georgia legislature is now ended its session. Women and children can now go back on the streets. Everything is safe again in Georgia. Um, they did your, your good news, though. I think you can bring your gun to church uh, in case you were concerned about that. So um, uh, I think that passed, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it must really think about this. They have that little to do that they have to worry about whether people can bring their guns to church or not. As a pastor, I'm going to tell my congregation not to bring their guns to church. Oh. Good oh. news, they can't. Most of them, you know, don't have legal status to be able to do that. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's but it's been really interesting to see uh, this legislative session. We had, uh, of course, this big moment uh, in early March when uh, some guy got his got his panties in a wad and decided to do something again, take driver's licenses away from undocumented immigrants, and and he still has not explained adequately. One, why he lied about it, where he got the idea, uh, and two, what motivated him to do it? Because one, undocumented immigrants aren't getting licenses. People that lo- have lawful presence in the United States are getting licenses. Arguably, they have legal status under under federal law. Uh, so it's really been interesting to see how that went down in flames. I mean, flames with Republican Tommy Williams leading the way against that bill on the Senate floor when it tried to get introduced at the last minute. So I, I was... Uh, Actually, very impressed here in Georgia with people with Republicans finally saying, you know, we don't have to be anti-immigrant to get reelected here in Georgia. I think I think that was a really a sea change for us. And uh, as a result, I think we're not going to see the I think that marked the, the, the high the high mark was 2010, 2012 of anti-immigration fervor in our legislature. And I think it's just going to go down from here. I don't think we're going to see or have to fear the issue of uh, the legislature actually having enough power will have to be vigilant, of course, because what I learned going down there, David, remember the brouhaha about Ob- – you may remember something called Obamacare. And what did, what did Nancy Pelosi say? You're fond of quoting this. Oh, I know that. Well, yeah, I, I, well, I, let's pass it, and then we'll find out. What's in it, right, because the theory was who reads a 2,000-page bill, right? Not, not our representatives. Not a, but my question is who reads a two-page bill? Not our representatives. That's what's absolutely remarkable. Oh, yeah, I voted for that, but I I didn't know what was in it. Well, why did you vote for it? Why don't you either vote against it if you don't know what's in it or abstain? I don't have time to read it. I can't vote for it. And frankly, I don't trust what you're telling me about it. Uh, Both sides are partisan. So really, you really don't have your own, own sense of common sense and knowledge to rely on. Uh, most of these bills are not written in a language you can't understand. You can understand most of these bills. I mean, if you've got, you got a statute book out, you can cross-reference. It's just doing stuff like that. Um, that, I, that. That would take away from golfing and fishing, though, wouldn't it? Well, remember, Obama doesn't read bills, nor does he write them. So he can golf all he wants. He just signs them. Oh. Um, and has he vetoed anything? Pardon? Has Obama vetoed anything? I don't think he – can you take a pen out on the golf course? Uh, yes, you can. You well, can. mostly a pencil. Pencil. Pencil, because you, you got to really erase your score oh, in case yeah. you get it wrong. <laughs> no, I, you know. Uh, but no, I mean, uh, think about this. Has he vetoed anything? He may very well be vetoing stuff the next couple of years from Democrats Republicans control the Senate. Um, now, think about this. Were, were the Democrats in control – of the House and Senate during Bush's last two years? Yeah. They were, weren't they? So he probably vetoed a ton of stuff, is my imagination, I imagine. 
I, you know, I, I don't think he did. I think he caved on most things. Well, he's, well, he certainly caved on some stuff. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it's interesting on this whole immigration idea how the state legislature has basically backed away. In fact, a study came out during the middle of our legislative session that the number of bills that were considered anti-immigrant in state legislatures around the country had plummeted and the number of pro-immigration bills had risen. I mean, there were several states that proposed their own guest worker program, a la Utah. Uh, there were several states that proposed in-state tuition. Uh, New Jersey and, and did that and uh, for kids that were un, un, undocumented and had uh, lawful presence through DACA. So it was interesting to see this real sea change. So clearly the idea of there being um, a GOP necessity of reaching out to Latinos is happening. It's just not happening on the grand scale. It's happening on a very much more narrow basis. I mean, think of how much goodwill the Georgia legislature could have had if they issued, they had a bill that said, supported by GOP Republicans, we're going to let DACA kids get in-state tuition. We, had, we educated them, right? We went to our schools. They meet every other criteria. Let's get them in school, period. Think about how much goodwill. It was, really? You did that? Oh, great. I can't wait till I, till I become a citizen so I can vote one day for you. That, that's the simple stuff that, that triggers these, 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 these motions, motives going on. At the same time, being diametrically opposed to a common-sense reform that keeps families together, that's going to have long-lasting implications. I saw this great meme. I don't know why they call them memes. I'll have to look that up one day on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, and it was, um, uh, vote, vote against reform now, pay the price for the next 90 years. Three generations of people who will vote against you because you did that. I thought it was fascinating. Um, not that that's always going to be the case uniformly, but looking at the grand scale of things, I think it's really kind of important because we've talked on the show before about the, 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 the demographics. This morning I was reading an article uh, um, let me ask you about this. Before you jump away from this, you were talking about uh, let's pass it and then we'll read it. Yes. Isn't that the same thing that the voter does? Oh, yeah. You know, and Rocky and I talked about this, and I – and. Mm, Generally speaking, I'm fairly well versed in the candidates. Not always, mm -hmm. but generally speaking. It's not that hard, particularly but, in the Internet age. You yeah. can find out who these people but are. But the referendums. Oh, the things that are on the ballot that are yeah. purposely worded vaguely so you yeah. don't really know what they do? Yeah. I mean, you know, that'll get me with my pants down many, many times. I have no idea. And uh, – like you said, the, they're, they're written so that they sound like something Obama would say, as a matter of fact. Well, or, no matter who they're written by. Yeah. I mean, both sides do this, and they write these. The, for example, there was on the Georgia ballot, I think a year and a half ago during the last general election, um, uh, something about taxes of some kind. And it had failed. A similar measure had failed like three or four times before, but they reworded it in such a way to make it more palatable, and it's passed. It was the same thing people have been rejecting by large margins for years. And so this referendum process, I think, is, a, um, is abused um, and uh, preys upon people who have no idea what they're doing. Now, I, I, was, I don't think you were supportive of, of, of T-Splot or SPLOS or whatever that the, – the bill to raise a, a, a sales tax to pay for oh, yeah, massive yeah, yeah. traffic. I was a big supporter of that because I drive here, and I realized that our highway system is a nightmare in Atlanta. It's a nightmare. 
Why don't we have public transit that actually works? Why don't we have a, a functional metro system? Why don't we have functional bike trails? Why don't we have functional freeways outside of the freeways we currently have, which are just literally come to a standstill three or four times a day? But we have Georgia Tech. Yeah, and you can do that if you're at Georgia Tech. Uh, but why But why aren't we funding this stuff? It's, it's crazy not to fund this stuff. You know, well, I, are we that are we that afraid about you know people coming from the inner city coming out to, to North Gwinnett? Oh no, they're going to come out and change how we live. No, come I, on. I, this is one thing that I've since I moved here many years ago that I've seen Georgia. They can say what they like, but I have never seen a state any more unplanned. Oh, it's unbelievable. That than than Georgia. I consider two eighty five a miracle. Because yeah, imagine if they hadn't, they had, somebody hadn't bit the bullet. We, we got to, you know, because 285 was the middle of nowhere when they built it, right? Yeah. Oh, that's not the only years, thing with vision. How many years? I, was, I moved here in 73. Yeah, so 285 didn't it, exist then, right? It was, it was under construction oh. the first 10 years I was here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and conti- I mean, it just continued and yeah. con- continued and continued under construction. I assume that. Remember the, you know, the fight over Georgia 400 back in the late 80s oh, and yeah. the 90s? What do you want to put a freeway there out to out to Roswell, Alpharetta? You don't need a freeway to go out there. And look at Alpharetta now; it's a tech hub for the for the southeast because somebody had the foresight, and that was funded by tolls. I'm not I'm not opposed to tolls. I I think tolls are fine. I think privately funded roads would be fine. Would you have a problem with privately funded toll roads? I don't. Not if the only place that I have a problem with it is when the politicians get involved and don't, oh. and don't do what they say they're well, going to do. Well, finally somebody's got a deal to take the toll off because yeah. they didn't need it anymore. They have so much money in trust they can pay for it for the rest of, for the rest of time. But if somebody wanted to build a toll road that was an outer loop between 85 and 75, wouldn't I would support that. I don't have a problem with no, that. No, not at all. Um, but this, this whole idea of the, the, the legislature – uh, here in Georgia, really backing off uh, the whole immigration thing. I, I think that's a trend. And one of the things I read this morning, which is actually very interesting, but in many ways really quite disturbing for the GOP, is despite the GOP efforts to reach out to non-whites, the party has never been whiter. And that's a, that's a demographic trend. trend that, that's a massive problem. I spoke at Georgia Tech. Uh, a couple weeks ago, on uh, the politics of immigration. And when you look at the whole idea of who is voting today, who will be voting next year, who will be voting in five and ten years, the GOP has a problem if it continues to cater only to its base. I mean, the Democrats cater to their base too, but in some ways they're smarter because they can push out to – non-base voters a message that makes sense on occasion. And what's fascinating about that is how often they do it. Apparently, the Democrats are only good at doing that every four years. Uh, another, another, they just uh, note, lie better. Well, another note by Nate Silver about this is why the Democrats will lose control of the Senate because they can't motivate their core voters to come out in non-presidential years. Let's take a break on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio.
Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano, o tiene problemas con inmigración, o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámalos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. I remember last week, David, we were talking about the uh, Obama's humane... He wants to make the deportation process more humane. Yeah, whatever. Um, uh, there was a terrible, terrible article in um, uh, a website I was reading yesterday. I put it on my Facebook page. Wait a second. Let's go back to that. Uh-huh. Um, humane. Humane. Now, I'd venture to say, as I've said many times, and you and I have talked about it, our, the listeners, if they're listening to CNN or MSNBC or whatever, and your president comes out and says, we got to be more humane. Humane. Then, you know, what happens? Well, those listeners, oh, my God, they're, they're probably beating them, and they're probably, you know, we don't know. You know, I've never been around an undocumented or an illegal, but... I bet the Border Patrol is just beating the heck out of them, and, and, the, and the president's right. We have to be more humane. Uh, actually, actually I, but that's not what he's talking about. I know that's not what he's talking <laughs> but about. But you're saying that's what, that's what comes into their minds. Yeah. And that, you know, and, and they, you tell me he doesn't twist words. Oh, no. And I mean, he, it, absolutely. I, I mean, you don't know where I stand on this. He's certainly not my president. Uh, I think that uh, this idea to make something more humane that's completely inhumane is a joke. Um, and but it's not it, a question of Border Patrol agents beating people. They don't beat people. Yeah. Are there incidents of violence on the border? Absolutely. Just like sure. there are in police departments around the United States. Okay. But my point being is people people don't investigate what oh, no, the well, immigration policy is. Well, so just, they, they hear humane. Well, you know, they're twisted. Every, polish, every politician uses, sure. uses code words like that. Uh, but in this case, it's really interesting because I'm, I'm on the inside. I know what the situation is like. I mean, we, we had the lawsuit we talked about on the air a few weeks ago where we had to file a petition for a habeas corpus to get a guy out of custody who was seriously mentally ill, who was getting worse in their custody because they were putting him in solitary because he wasn't acting normal. That, that, that's just completely contrary to reality. 
uh, how any any treatment program would go. And so I've been to this jail. It's a hellhole. It's designed to be a hellhole to force people to give up on their rights. Many of the people detained in places like Stewart have relief from removal. They have options. But they don't want to stay in jail because because the court process is two, four, five, six, eight, ten months long. They don't want to stay in jail for that long. They just give up. They go home. And do you think they're staying home? No, they're coming back. We're not getting new people coming out back to the United States from from other countries. We're getting a lot of returnees, which is why our federal prisons are more than 50% full of immigration convictions, people. The most popular crime that the U.S. attorneys around the country prosecute, reentry after deportation. Why? Their families are here. That's why. So you, you're, you're enacting a system, and who's making money on this, David? Who is making money on the prison system in America, the detentions of the deep Who is Somebody's making money on it to the tune of billions of dollars a year. Who is that? Private sector nowadays. Well, it is the private sector, it, and certainly to a certain extent the public sector. There's jobs in this. There's tons of jobs in, in detention centers. There's tons of jobs in Border Patrol. There's tons of money to be made for the Corrections Corporations of America and, and other not for-profit uh, companies. Uh, so there is no political incentive where money flows into politicians' pockets to, do, to do, change the system. It is far cheaper, far cheaper to put somebody on an ankle monitor than to keep them in jail and feed them three squares a day. Far cheaper. Now, there are certain people, David, that should absolutely be in jail. Absolutely. There are. The vast majority are not, however. Can you give me – I heard someone uh, talking about your two million that have been deported under your president. Yes. Or under that other president or whoever he's – who's ever president Rocky's Rocky's, Rocky's president. president. Oh, okay. We'll put them on the air. He probably, <laughs> Rocky just burped right now. <laughs> anyway, um, and and – they were talking about the fact that, yeah, you know, they deported them, but as soon as they're across the border, they make 180 degree and come back in, and they're re-caught and re- Yeah, that's know, quite they're possible traveling. they're the same person. Yeah. I mean, they didn't tell you there's – they didn't tell you – I mean, I mean, it's probably ten or 20,000 of the same person. I mean, it's not 400,000, uh, but a lot of them come back, and a lot of them are in court, David, because I see them in my office. You know, they come in and they say, yeah, I got – I mean, typically it's not my, my – typically clients aren't dumb enough to come back to see me after they've been deported, if that, if that happened to them. They go see a different lawyer. People come in, yeah, I got deported like eight years ago and I came right back because my wife and kids were here and I was the only means of support. What did you want me to do? You know, what can I do now? Nothing. I mean, because our laws make, may now make you your, your double dare dead. I mean, it's just terrible when you come back from a deportation. So, yeah, I mean, the numbers also we talked about in a previous show where, yes, he has deported two million people. And, yes, some of those, are at, they caught at the border. They weren't all from the interior, clearly not from the interior. They put a lot of people they, – because they catch people at the border. This idea that the border is completely porous and they don't – that's a joke. They, 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 they don't catch nearly as many as they used to because there aren't as many coming in as there used to be. But I will tell you right now, David, there is a big push, and there's a lot of people coming in illegally now um, because of our broken asylum system. Uh, because of our broken immigration system that would normally come legally if there was a way. And while I don't think it's at 50 percent yet, there is a substantial minority that are not Latinos, that aren't job, the typical job seekers coming up here from Central and uh, Northern uh, uh, Americas. 
uh, a lot of them are being brought into different parts of the Americas and smuggled in from India. And now it's a $60,000. It's what it costs you to get smuggled here from India. I have a good friend who works in a senior level of government, and she was just down at the border uh, watching this happen, literally watching people get smuggled into the country. They just the Border Patrol literally didn't have the bodies to stop them, um, and then disappearing into the desert or disappearing into the cities, uh, and remains a big problem. And that, that is what we got to fix. But by continuing to do nothing and, and saying, well, enforcement first, and then we'll deal with the problem, that, 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 that's the problem. Is you, you can't do that effectively. Because as long as you're deporting people who have families and a life here and you're only focusing on enforcement, you're still going to hit the wave of people coming back. But if you can fix the problem and deport fewer because they have some type of status of some kind and focus that effort on the, the border and interior enforcement, you have a much more secure country if you do it all at one time. Uh, it still just boggles my mind the way we do this because it doesn't make sense. And what she was telling me – about this whole idea of smuggling on the border. Um, these are from China, from India, and the Middle East. Now, the vast majority are either fam- familial or economic migrants, okay? So even, you know, from, other, from poor countries like that. Uh, some of them are undoubtedly bad people, some of them. Not nearly as many as Castro led into the country during the boat lift, okay? But some are bad people. I would rather we spent and had our focus on finding the bad people than worrying about economic migrants because we can deal with economic migrants through an effective E-Verify program, through an effective interior enforcement, through an effective program to legalize people who have been here long term and get them into a system. We can deal with that problem. But once somebody comes in the country and wants to get lost because they have nefarious purposes, that's hard to stop despite what you think about the NSA and what they're always doing. Because these guys aren't stupid anymore. They know that NSA is watching. They watch for cameras. They watch for electronics. They don't use their phone. Uh, they don't use the Internet. They use drops. I mean, it's, it's a remarkable, you know, one of the problems of the free press and television shows is we're not the only ones who are entertained or watch them and read them. It's the bad guys do too. So whenever a new breaking story comes out, hey, the NSA did this. Oh, mark that off the list. Can't do that. Hey, the NSA did that. Oh, can't. Oh, I saw this on a TV show. Oh, crap. We can't do that. Oh, no. So we have to, I think, become much more effective at the easiest point to stop people, which is the border. Um, and whether that's a mix of fences and radar and bodies, whatever is effective, we need to do without a complete militarization of the border. We don't need to militarize the border. I think we can effectively do it in a civil perspective. But a bigger problem that we have is we're just not focused on it. They they just don't care. And frankly, maybe some of these guys in Congress are waiting for the next terrorist attack for the guy to suck across the border, and they can say, hey, see, this is why we got to shut down immigration. You don't think these guys are waiting for that? Surely there are guys waiting. They're praying for that. You know, because they can use it for their own purposes, political purposes. I would rather stop the threat now. You know, while Obama has certainly spent more on the border, he hasn't been that as effective as he could be. Part of the problem, of course, is when Congress says you need to hire 5,000 more Border Patrol agents, where are you going to get them? Literally, where are you going to get them? From the criminals that couldn't be TSA agents. Or Or from the TSA agents. Or from the TSA agents. So – 
because most of these jobs are in places in the country that most people don't want to live, which is why they don't live there. Um, and there are standards to be hired as a border patrol agent. I'm pretty sure you have to have a bachelor's degree in something. Uh, and you don't get paid that well. I mean, I think entry level is twenty-seven, twenty-eight, thirty-five thousand yeah, dollars a year. It's terrible. Although you know where you live, it's not that expensive to live in those places. But still, it's not. It's not a middle-class salary. No, no. But you know, I tell you what, my feeling towards this: mm-hmm. anybody that has to carry a weapon mm-hmm. and is exposed to the potential of being shot at deserves more than poverty. Oh, I agree. I, I think they should be. Take whatever the medium for middle class is and then where they live, that should be their salary, period. End of story. I mean, I think that's a simple answer. On uh, Friday, uh, there was an article in the San Diego Union, whatever that paper is in San Diego, Union Ledger or Union Ledger Union or something like that, uh, about the trial of a Border Patrol agent for corruption. Uh, it was a fascinating article. This guy had been a Border Patrol agent from 98 until 2010 when he got arrested. And from 2001 into 2009, he was being paid off secretly by the cartel. So he would text, I'm in lane five at the border crossing. And he'd have a certain way to communicate that so nobody could track it. And they would, he would just wave him through. Now, what, they, what he would do is he would, he would say, I need to catch somebody. So they would send somebody through and he'd catch. He, he got credit for one of the largest drug catches ever. This is a brilliant idea. Okay, you throw away 230 pounds of marijuana so you can let 2,000 pounds of cocaine to go through. And this guy's getting combination after combination. Now, here's the interesting part. They knew about this guy in the mid-2000s and didn't stop him until 2009 or 10. And the judge just went off on the government about this. Now, the judge, this guy was a former Marine, a staff sergeant in the Marines. He really berated the guy for selling out his country. Um, but... It really would have went after the government and say, how did you let this happen? Now, you know what? There's something interesting that this article pointed out that I didn't know this summer before. 139 Border Patrol agents have been arrested and indicted for corruption since 2000. Since we started hiring massive number of people. Now, that's not a lot of people in a in – in a, in a, in a, if there's only 139 bad people out of 20,000, okay, that's not a bad number. I mean, it's also – nobody's going to be perfect. They're not, never going to have a perfect workforce. That's why Jack Welsh filed, fired the top, bottom 10% of everybody who worked for him every single year. But what you have as a result is people who don't like their job, who need to make more money, who are susceptible to bribery, who maybe aren't properly cleared, and maybe we're not hiring the best people for these jobs. Let's take a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net With all the back and forth in today's politics, It seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. 
Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Friday showers. Hey, welcome back on America's Web Radio. This is uh, your host, Charles Cook. David, it's great to be here. It, it does, in fact, show now rain on Saturday and Sunday. David and I were talking about gardening and how terrible it was to garden here last year. It really was just very difficult. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run my rows opposite from – I did them, so if it did rain, they would – almost like a contour. Uh-huh. Like a so, canal. Yeah. So, so you run the water away yeah. to the lowest part of the – And so this year I'm, I'm you know – I'm running them the opposite way, so if it rains, it'll just wash right on out. That's a good and, idea. Uh, I, I have a little problem. In my garden, I have a low spot. Yeah. And I need to get a box blade so I can make it not a low spot. But uh, it is uh, – wherever I plant, there has to be something that's very tolerant of water. Not many things are that tough. Not, not as much rain as we got last year. Uh, now, next week, it looks like no rain all week uh, up until Thursday. Now, David, I was telling you I was hoping to go to this event with uh, um, David Purdue this week. If I'm in town, do you know why I might leave town? My You're first finally gr- getting run out. My first grandbaby <laughs> is supposed to be born oh. tomorrow. Oh, so hopefully this child will come on time. You're only 38 years old. I am only 38 years old. Don't let the hair fool you, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, yeah, is this down in Savannah? No, or this is in Utah. In Utah. Utah. This is my son who's going to go to law school next oh. year. Uh, this is him. So. Him and his wife having that baby. I'm very excited. And, uh, oh, yeah. So if the baby's born on Wednesday or Thursday, we'll fly out Thursday night. Yeah, we're gone for the week. It's uh, very excited to see that little girl. Uh, my, I asked, what are you going to name her? And uh, it was funny. It's like, well, we don't want to tell anybody. Why? They might steal the name. Yeah, I think that's probably okay. People are named the same thing. It's, and their last name is going to be different. So you, I think you'll be okay. Well, so they told us the four names, and I forgot what they were. I <laughs> 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 forgot what they were. All right. I don't know. Uh, I, I said um, uh, if you, you should have, like, Rapunzel. I think man, that's unusual. Rapunzel would be a good name. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think they, they're going with, like, Hannah or something like that. Something very, very 2000 y. Um, but in any event, the, the whole idea of uh, our, our, our friend Obama having a more humane immigration system has caused. Um, an interesting galvanization in the public debate because it, it's so important, David. It made it to USA Today this week. Hmm. And if it's in USA Today, it must be true. Um, uh, the folks uh, that oppose Obama, and those are the same ones that passed the Enforce Act in the House, saying Obama must enforce every federal law. Now, is that true? That's an interesting question. Does the executive branch have an obligation to enforce every single law on the books. Rocky should be able to answer this question. The Rock is here. You know I'm not going to pass up eight minutes of radio. Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> Welcome back. How was the hearing with Judge, uh, the judge today? We'll talk later. Oh, that's good, huh? <laughs> uh, so, Rocky, does, um, uh, does the executive branch have the legal obligation to enforce every single law passed by the legislative branch? I would say yes. Every single law. Well, I mean, to the fullest extent. <laughs> Unless it's been declared to be unconstitutional, okay. he's got the. Okay, then, then it's question. to faithfully execute the laws. Okay. So why do we have plea bargaining? No, no, no. Enforcement strategies and things like that, that's all part of the law. Okay. So every law must be enforced. 
Right, but what what the the issue is here is discretion is part of the law. Well, let me take another step here. <laughs> what if the law is blatantly unconstitutional? Oh, I think that he has a duty to wait. What is his highest duty to the Constitution? Absolutely, Absolutely. not not to the law. Absolutely, and if there is a, and this is where we get into the slippery slope argument of. Who gets to determine if it's blatantly unconstitutional? Well, there's only one one branch determines that. <laughs> well, but is his – and obviously he would be staying any enforcement of, of that pending some sort of adjudication by the Supreme Court. But we both know the Supreme Court is loath to uh, rule on very controversial issues well, in a timely manner. But yes. I would say, yeah, he that, uh, that his higher duty is to the Constitution and not necessarily to statutes passed by Congress. Um, and uh, – yeah, the, the higher duties to the Constitution, and if something is blatantly unconstitutional, you have a duty to uh, to, to not enforce that, I would say. I, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, there's nothing about our immigration laws that are unconstitutional. No, there's – Because due, Congress due process has, is safeguarded so well. What did you learn in your law school class? What kind of power <laughs> does Congress have over Plenary. immigration? Plenary power. Which Plenary means power. Complete autonomy. Whatever, whatever due process exists is whatever Congress says exists. Exactly. That's what the courts have said on this. Yep. Uh, so uh, the power to create immigration policy uh, is entrusted exclusively to Congress, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's delegated to the executive branch. Now, the problem that you, of course, have is that you have an executive branch that's not just the president. Right. There it's, are different elements within the executive branch exactly. that enforce immigration at different aspects. Is, is it like plea bargaining where we could say, okay, we're not going to charge you with um, uh, tres- – we're not going to charge you with robbery. We're charging you with trespass or burglary. We're charging you with trespassing mm-hmm. because that seems in your best interest. Could you not also say rather than charging you with removability, we want to charge you with um, some other ground that doesn't make you removable but right. which puts you under our jurisdiction? Exactly. So well, you, you, you as a president can do that and still enforce the law. Well, a- absolutely. He can, and, and, it, and it goes back to, uh, I mean, the, within the context of whether you're here with the permission of the federal government, I mean, that's a pretty black or white issue. And in the context of plea bargaining, it's not necessarily you be charged as – or saying, hey, we're saying you have permission to be here, but we're going to defer – I mean, it's this whole argument of deferring action and enforcement priorities. Yep. And and that's what the, the president has not only the authority to do, but has the responsibility to do. We have limited enforcement priorities. And and uh, if you really want to deport criminal aliens, the, the way is not to troll driver's license databases for people <laughs> with speeding tickets. You exactly know? right. I mean, it's nuts. All right. So we've got – we are actually on uh, Twitter today. We are. We, we, we're, we're finally – Love your picture, by the way. You, li- you like that. I'm trying, do, to, like I, that. trying to get back to the uh, – to the uh, – Hang on to the to the account because I have both the personal person one and the immigration. All right, so the immigration hour, which yep. is the M hour uh, on Twitter, at the M hour on Twitter, uh, you're welcome to go ahead and uh, and tweet us there uh, if at any time because we'll, we'll always follow it up. Yeah. We have followers, by the way. We have nine followers. We, we've got some followers. I, I I finished setting this thing up. Uh, we we kind of took a little hiatus from it over the last two weeks, <laughs> but uh, I finally finished setting it up yesterday. We got some followers, and if there's a topic you want us to discuss, and you're listening to the podcast or you're listening live. Tweet at us, and you know we'll uh, we'll talk about it. We'll address it, uh, and you know have a little more interactive show. That, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I got Matt Culkin may be actually tweeting us right now because he's got a. Uh, he, he was. I think he was the first one to follow. I me love Matt Culkin. He's an awesome guy. He's yeah. an awesome guy. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, we were talking today a lot about our legislature, and I, I, you probably haven't just to listen because you were 
waiting for waiting the on the call, and then the hearing took like 20 uh, uh, hours. sometimes. <laughs> and, but at the end of the day, we have an immigration system that – and this, I think, is really important. The GOP in this last election, in this last session, mm-hmm. very low-key. Very low-key. Other than the, the one burst yeah, overall, of energy, yeah. nothing. The burst of energy. And, and shut what have you heard about that. immigration from the candidates in the GOP primary? Not really anything. I mean, a couple bad things, but not not, not, not it's not, not leading the way. Yeah, Obamacare. It's, it's, it's not and headlines. I think, I think some of these guys are taking a cue from Ryan's previous. Say, look, just don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. hey, we're not going to do anything for them, but we're also not going to talk against it. Let's yeah. just so that's better than talking against it. Exactly, it's better than stirring up any more anti-immigrant sentiment than than is already out there. But you know, I, I, I've said it before, and I know you agree with me. They they're gonna. End as a national party if they don't do something. Seize the win. Yeah, it's yeah. just sitting there. Tack into the win, Betty. It's all you got to do. <laughs> and at, at the end of the day, though, you've got a situation where uh, I think we've seen the high tide of anti-immigration fervor this cycle. You think so? I think it's over for the next few I years. I hope so. I think it's over. I think uh, with the numbers of GOPers in Georgia that stood up against this uh, attempt to take driver licenses away, I, I think you could see uh, hopefully our lawsuit will be successful on the DACA litigation. Uh, but if not, hopefully you would see the legislature say, you know, we need to do this. Come in and, and say, hey, we need to write this you wrong. Write this. It, unless yeah. we can't fix it. Right. I, although I still remain convinced. We are, we are now waiting for a hearing in front of a new judge, Judge Goger, yep. in Fulton County Superior Court. I hear great things about Judge Goger. And um, we are uh, waiting to hear when our hearing will be Yeah, on our motion for summary judgment. I'm kind of excited about that. I, th- I think it will go well. I think it will go well. I think it will go well. So at the end of the day, David – David and I did a little gardening talk today. I'm sure I see. I see you've got the. Uh, I have the, my the garden plants from, from past years here, and Look I have to. Uh, I have to go ahead and uh, re uh, recalculate this year's where I'm going to plant stuff this yeah. weekend. If it doesn't rain. If it doesn't rain. If it does not rain. If it does. So not at the rain. end of the day, David, uh, I don't expect any movement in Congress. Uh, on any, I, I really don't see any real. Immigration issues coming to the forefront for the next few months. Yeah, for the few months. Uh, I think in June there's a small chance. Uh, I would put it at a 10%. Yep. Uh, in November, December, I think there's about a 20, 25% chance of a lame duck session. So you're coming down on your. I, I am. I'm, man. I'm down oh, fast. I'm you got to stay. <laughs> you were the only one that was keeping me optimistic yeah, no, on I this. Am, oh, I, man. I am, unfortunately, uh, exasperated. Uh, to say it's, the least, with, with our friends at, uh, in Congress. Well, hopefully, if they if they don't do something, we'll continue to get this uh, this this tide of discretion. I got another stay approved from Stewart for a guy that was detained this morning. They're going to let him out. Excellent. I mean, they're. Uh, I think some of the removal officer, officers down there, the, especially at the lower levels, are you know just realizing what they're doing is. You know, morally, morally suspect. Morally suspect. They're morally culpable for breaking families apart when they have the discretion at lower levels to, uh, you know, grant people uh, stays and let them out and uh, keep families together. And hopefully, hopefully that tide will rise to the top. You know, one last thing here. Uh, there's been a lot of movement on immigration reform from a ground ground roots level, and you know who some of the leading advocates right now for immigration reform is? Farmers. Springtime, right? <laughs> It's springtime in Germany. Is it the, yep. the, the, the springtime for Hitler? Remember that's like the producer? Springtime for Hitler. Yeah. Hey, uh, it's, it's, it's springtime in Georgia, and um, people got to plant seeds. They got to yep. get the ground ready. They've got to you know get the get the sets done for them to value the onions. Mm-hmm. And these farmers are going, where are my workers coming from? Yep. It just underscores the the overarching point that immigration is an economic issue yep. at the end of the day, 
and uh, it has to do with labor as a factor of production, and that's why it, you'll continue to see it be a problem because it's an economic problem. It I is. mean, it's obviously a human tragedy, mm-hmm. but it's an economic issue, and, and, and we need to address it as such. It is. It yeah. is. And, it, you know, the unfortunate part of this tragedy, it's, it's causing other tragedies. You yep. read about the, Facebook, the controversial Facebook post I put up yesterday <laughs> and took down on, uh, on the child who, was, who, who committed suicide, supposedly. I mean, it's unclear. I haven't, I haven't investigated was deported, that. I haven't the details. Apparently coming to see her parents here in the country. And, I mean, regardless, to have a child die on the border is a terrible thing. One is too many. It is. One is too many. Yep. Uh, David, it's been great to be here on the most listened to Immigration podcast in the known universe. The known universe. On the Immigration Era on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.